and welcome to Gut Health and Happiness with the Chuckling Goat Girls. I'm Sean Jones. I'm the founder and director of Chuckling Goat, along with my husband, Richard Jones. And I'm here today with my two gorgeous grown-up daughters, Ellen Armstrong and Karis Colvin. Hi, girls. Hi. Um, our situation is a little unique because we are all nutritional therapists. We all work together and we all live very close together. Uh, the girls are in their own houses, which is in a place we call over the hedge up in our field. Um, but like everybody during lockdown, we haven't been able to see each other as much as we would like to. So um, I'm getting them together on Zoom today. And I'll tell you um, why we're doing this. We're sitting around talking as you do over Zoom, of course, um, and saying, isn't it difficult to get your family to do the things you know they need to do for good gut health? And it is just as difficult for us, even though we work at Chuckling Goat, we are nutritional therapists, you would think that it is easy for us, but it is not. And we each have our own families. Um, my family is uh, mostly grown up now. And at home, I just have my 14-year-old son, um, Benji, and my husband, Rich, who is a total skeptic. You would think that he would be completely into this stuff, but no, he's not. I've got to shove it down his throat. Um, and Ellie and Karis have their own families. And so we're all at different stages and ages. And we thought, wouldn't it be nice to just talk about the realities of what it's like being a mother, trying to get your family to do the right thing. Um, and we'll, we thought we would share some of the things that we've done that have worked, some of the things we've done that haven't worked, because believe me, it's not straightforward. You'd think it would be easier and it's not. Um, and we wanna share some Oh, some recipes, some information, some tips, some hacks, some tricks. And uh, we want to hear from you, uh, questions that you might have and so on. So um, without further ado, let me introduce the ladies of Chuckling Goat, the other ladies. Um, so Karis, you're the eldest. And tell us a little bit about your family. Um, yes, I'm the eldest daughter and I have two young boys, Maxen, who is four, coming up five actually in June, and little Alice, who has not long turned one. So got my hands full with them, but yeah, all fun and games. And then obviously my um, husband, George, then, who is a mechanic, very physical, enjoys football, and then obviously all the things that go with that. So that's going down the pub and having chips and sandwiches and a drink and things after the game so yeah I've got my uh, hands full for sure and I think we all have partners or husbands who have a sweet tooth who like to eat things that they shouldn't yeah. and it's, uh, that can be a struggle too so then Ellen Armstrong yeah the second daughter now has her own family as well so Ellie tell us about your family yeah so it is myself and Josh so Josh also works for Chuckling Goat. Surprise, we all work together. Um, and he does have a sweet tooth, as we've just said. Um, he's also quite into his training and his weights. So he's getting better, in fairness, and he's really watching his diet lately, which is great because it's making my life a little bit easier. Um, and we have a one-year-old daughter called Isabella. And the beauty of having little kids is that if you start them off without sugar, they do tend to really like the sharp flavors and the more um, the more kind of complex foods, don't they? I know I've seen Isabella eating avocado. I've seen her eating, you know, drinking yeah, sugar. 
yeah she'll go for anything she eats she really likes olives um and obviously they're quite salty um she does quite like some bitter flavors she'll happily have a little bit of kefir um and I think that's because I started her on kefir when she was like six months old so as soon as I started weaning um I introduced the kefir then and have really tried to avoid refined sugar as much as possible as she's gotten older um of course you know she has the odd treat very very rarely I think she had a tiny bit of chocolate at Easter um but otherwise yeah it's I do try to avoid it as much as I can and when she actually had that bit of chocolate on Easter um she just licked it because putting it in her mouth she was like because it was so sweet so I don't have a problem with her having chocolate or eating sweet things occasionally um but I'm just pleased that she finds it really sweet so she's not just going to gobble it all she'll just have a little taste and she'll come back for it and have a little bit more um and that's fine I'm happy about that that's I'm not expecting her to never touch sweets and to never have chocolate because that's unrealistic um but to have that ability to know when to stop and to not go overboard, perfect, mission complete, in my opinion, anyway. Yeah, exactly. And it's definitely easier. The younger you start, the easier it is to get the ball rolling on that matter, definitely. Although I am finding it a bit more difficult with Ellis this time, just because he'll try the keeper and all those new things, but he's only just turned one. And say now, Maxen does have a little treat. Ellis then points and thinks, oh, well, he's having it. Why can't I have it? Whereas when Maxim was that age, he wouldn't be because he he was the only child at the time. So what I said, that that was it. But now he sees his older brother having it and he thinks, oh, why can't I have that and things? So it is trickier, I think, with the second child. That's my opinion anyway, to kind of keep them on the straight and narrow. Yeah. And I'm having the experience now, further down the line. Joy, waiting for you both. Um, Benj was great when he was little and I routinely gave him kefir and gave him the kefir smoothie and that was great and it was easy and now he's 15 and suddenly not so easy and suddenly he'll look at me and go oh. yeah no <laughs> I was like I'm sorry what so now I've got to come up with something uh, different after having you know it was easy for a long time and now all of a sudden it's not easy because I got a teenager so we will be talking about stuff like that and things that work, um, you know, as I said, tips and hacks and tips and so on. Um, but I do want just in this initial segment to go back a little bit and talk for people who don't know about how it all began. Um, and I'm not gonna tell my whole story because if you've read the books, you know the story and I've been through it a million times. If you haven't read the books, they're in uh, The Secrets of Chuckling Goat, tells about how I came to the farm and so on. But what we haven't ever really heard about is what it was like from y'all's point of view. So just very briefly, I met Rich. Uh, we, later in life, I was 41 when we met. We'd both been through the wars a bit. I had two children, Rich had two children. And I remember vividly, he told me that he had two teenage daughters. And I was like, do ya? Do ya really? Do ya? Because you know, they are not gonna be enchanted with this crazy American coming in with her two small kids. I'm thinking this is gonna be a disaster. And I remember our first proper date, Rich invited me and my two children over to see him and his two children. And he was gonna cook us a roast dinner. And I was so nervous. 
And I walked in with my two kids. They were, Benji was two and uh, Jolie was nine. And I saw these two absolutely gorgeous girls and you guys just came and took my little kids and took them off to play. And that was it. And like, as it was happy ever after, at least as far as the kids were concerned. Um, what was that like for you? I've always wondered what that, you were so, so gorgeously generous and sweet to my children. I was always amazed at how lucky I was. Was it, was that strange for you? We like kids. We've always really loved children, especially care. Um, but yeah, we both love kids and we both love young children. And I think the fact that dad was happy and that he was introducing us to you and your kids, we just, we wanted to make it work. Um, I think that's, that's kind of how I felt. That's for sure. Yeah. hundred percent. Like Alan said, like, I love kids <laughs> and spending time with them, especially young kids. I was kind of in my element. I was like, oh my gosh, two, two young kids for me to entertain and, and all that. So, and yeah, it was the importance of, of seeing dad happy and, and yeah, just being kind of like that little family unit again. And yeah, it was exciting. Yeah. yeah. I was luckier than I had any right to be. I remember that so well. And then... Um, and you guys actually asked me to move in. I remember that too. Yeah. <laughs> and I asked her, I said, did you put them up to that? He said, no, no, no. I, I think Kat was just fed up of doing all the cooking, weren't you, Kat? <laughs> yeah. And I cooked a roast chicken. I know I was lucky because Kara loves roast chicken. And I invited you over to my place and I cooked a roast chicken that I always thought that was like my best lucky uh, intervention there. It was great. Um, okay, so then lots of stuff happened. Rich got sick and so on. And um, we started making kefir in the barn. Now, by this, by the time we started making kefir, uh, you guys were well, I mean, kind of off, in, off to uni and back and forth and so on, really starting to get your own lives going. How weird did you think it was that we were growing these weird little grain things in the dairy? What was that like for you? I'm not sure. I remember, um, you know, the starting process of making the soap and things like that in the kitchen and the big I just remember the big pans on the hob and mixing everything and I think dad actually sent us a video a couple of days ago of when we did a little clip of making the soap and we had these big goggles and things oh my gosh old school yeah, yeah rocking the goggles I remember that for people who don't think so we genuinely started it in our kitchen on yeah. the hob that's how the soap began yeah and also all the um, kefir with the grains in kilner jars on the windowsill. Yeah. I was like, I'm just not going to ask. I, I don't know what's going on right now. And they all, because, you know, it does look a bit weird. The grains, they look like florets of cauliflower and they're just sat in milk, which is sat on the windowsill, sort of in the sun, quite warm. And I was like, okay, okay. this is weird. I'm just going back to uni. It's yeah. see you guys later. And then it came to pass um, that you ended up, everybody ended up coming back to work with us, um, Ellie first and then Karis. So Ellie, tell about that thought process because there, there you were, you and Josh had come out of uh, uni and you were living on your own. Yeah. Um, and, then, and then you ended up here. So tell us about that process. Yeah, so we were living together in Barry and it was nice. And I really, I really like Barry, I rate Barry. Um, I was working, I was nursing, and there was a lot of palliative care involved. And I was doing sort of like maybe 60 hours a week. And it was quite intensive work in the sense of 
you did get attached uh, to a lot of people and obviously not everybody made it. Um, and I was, I was quite young as well, or at least I felt like I was quite young. I was 23, so sort of fresh out of uni. Um, and it felt like a really heavy job to be going into straight away. Um, I did enjoy it. I loved it. But I think you guys could sense how overworked I was and what a toll it was taking on my mental health with being so involved with the patients um, and also my physical health. And um, because I was run down, I was constantly getting coughs and colds, etc. And you offered for Josh and I to move back to the farm and start working for you guys. And it wasn't as straightforward as just going, yes, 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 because there was a lot that I loved in Barry and I did love my job. Um, but I could see that there was such a massive opportunity with Chuckling Goat um, because it was about a year. I think when I joined, it was about a year before things really exploded. So I could just, yeah, sense that it was a big opportunity. Um, and I definitely knew that I would prefer to raise children in the countryside as opposed to in the town. Um, although we were still quite far off having kids, it was just always in the back of my mind. So yeah, once you guys had asked and I'd spoken to Josh, um, then yeah, the next step was moving down. I think it was a bigger thing for Josh because he'd never lived in the countryside. He'd always lived in Barry or Swansea. Um, so it was quite a big deal for him, especially seeing as he hadn't actually been back to West Wales with me that much because we were both at university and we were both working so much. Um, but yeah, it was a massive leap and we moved down with one small van of things and we were ready to go. And so you came to work for us and we, but we didn't get Josh until later. And I was looking at Josh, oh. ooh, he's, he's good. He's good. I know <laughs> you were trying to, I love, he's a good manager. I got my eye on him. It took, took me a while to reel him in. And so now Josh yeah. is with us and he is our production manager and he does an absolutely fantastic job. Mm -hmm. And then... Karis, it took me longer to lure into the family fold. So Kara, tell, tell what happened from your point of view. Um, so I'm very much a home bird. So I didn't venture far for university, um, just up to Aberystwyth. Um, and I always knew from a young age, I was going to be a teacher. I love primary school teaching. So I did all that. I got my degree, got my teacher's training, and I got a job in Cardigan Primary School. And I was there for six years absolutely loved it really really enjoyed being in the class with the kids um and then when I was pregnant with Maxon, I decided to take my master's in education um which I did and passed successfully um but kind of everything kind of just changed then you know when you have kids you're just like there's more important things than you know a, a job a career anything and I just thought this this working, you know, people think nine to half three, it's 100% not nine to half three. I was getting home at six and a half six. And I was like, this isn't what I want to be doing with a young child. I'm an ad, but I still went back to teaching after maternity with Maxen, felt pregnant for the second time. and was like, no, I, I can't be doing this now. Two young kids, I need to be spending more time with them, more quality time with them. Um, and I always wanted to be part of Chuckling though. I wanted, you know, to say that you work for your own family business is something to be really proud of, I think. And, and I really wanted to, to help out and wanted to have that, that feeling of involvement in the family business. 
so yeah, Sean and dad um, managed to poach me after six, six <laughs> seven years or whatever it was. And um, yeah, so I started in September of 2020 and yeah, no, yes, 2020. Yeah, and that's right. It feels like longer. Yeah, it does. It seems like it's been forever now, doesn't it? Yeah, and I love it. I really, really enjoy it. And it's, you know, I've got more time with the kids. We can take them to school, pick them up from school and things. And it's just the lifestyle that I wanted. You know, like I said, there's more important things than a massive career. And, and that's what's important for me at the moment. Yeah. I think that's always been really important. It's been important for Rich and myself. And now, you know, you guys in the next generation. Mm. Um, one of the things we say at Chuckland Goat is family first. You know, that's our motto. And it's never, ever been about the money for us. It's never, ever been about, you know, making it corporate. It's always been about keeping it real, keeping it on the farm, keeping the soul of the place alive and having a nice life. You know, it's, I, I think it's a rookie error to get to the end of your life and go, wow, I wish I'd spent more time with my family. You know, nobody ever lays on their deathbed and says, I shouldn't spend more time at the office. Mm. Yeah. You know, mm. they just don't. And so we've, yeah. I think we've, we've all made decisions um, that make it possible for us to spend more time with family, spend more time doing the kind of things that we want to do. And we're, Rich and I now are at another new stage where we're starting to look at legacy. You know, you guys are in the business now. I'm starting to look at turning things over to you. Um, Ellie was filming some promotional videos the other day and that was, I was like, I wasn't even there. I wasn't even part of it. So more and more, I'm delegating things to you guys. I don't know how that feels from your end, but feels good from my end because I'm out here in my garden more and more. So yeah. it, how, what does that feel like for you as it, as it shifts and as Rich and I take a little bit step back and you guys move forward? What does that feel like? I suppose it has a more impact on Ellen and Josh because obviously they've been there from the start pretty much, whereas I'm, I'm quite a newbie. Um, yeah, well, I've, I think I've been back and working for Chuckling Goat for about six years and Josh has been working with us for five years. Um, and I do feel like it has been a gradual thing. It's not like all of a sudden it's like, here we go, you've got to do this and this and this. Um, so it has been quite a nice gradual thing, which is good. So I'm, I think we're both at the point now where it just feels natural and it doesn't feel overwhelming to be taking new things like that on board. Um, yeah, I like it. I enjoy it. And I like the work I do and I like the people I work with. So it's quite easy for me to take those things on board. You know, it's, it's enjoyable. When we were filming the promotional video, that's fun. I like the people I work with um, whilst we're filming. So I enjoy it. It is hard work and sometimes it feels like, I think, I, I don't know if Care agrees with me, sometimes it feels like more pressure because we're family. I think people make the mistake of thinking, oh, they're family, so they can get away with things or whatever, but it's, it's totally the opposite. We feel like we have to work twice as hard um, because we're family and it's important and it's more important to us than anybody else probably. Although our team are absolutely obsessed and besotted with chuckling goat too. Um, but for us, we just feel like, you know, we want to prove ourselves, basically. I think that's fair. And Rich and I have always kind of said, look, you guys are family. You need to lead by example. If anybody looks at you, then you need to be, you know, looking forward and doing um, what needs to be done because we're, we're modeling something here. And we are, we're creating something new. You know, we really, we, we are working with innovative products, 
but what what's happening for me right now as i've taken a little bit of a step back in the day-to-day -day management i'm now working ever ever harder on the microbiome testing mm. on putting that information together in useful ways in trying to figure out like okay you know if somebody has had food poisoning and they've got shigella um, does that end up causing rosacea and what are the what's the correlation of the bacterial evidence in the microbiome test to the symptoms that people are seeing and can I come up with something that's going to help I mean that's what really makes my socks roll up and down is to get into the research of it and you know pull the science apart and I never thought that I would be into the science I I'm, I could never I, I couldn't balance my own checkbook you know I'm not a math person I'm not a science person but here I am at age, what am I, 54 now? And I am just digging into the science like nobody's business, I love it. So um, it's the the business is kind of taking interesting twists and turns. I think our lives have taken interesting twists and turns and those two things are very linked. So what happens to us happens to the business and vice versa now. Yeah, yeah definitely. Interesting. Okay, um, right. One of the things I really want to share with people is the recipes that and the tips that we use to, um, frankly, get kefir down our family members. Because let's be honest, it is an acquired taste. It is tart. It is tangy. It is fizzy. It is like, what do we say? It's like fizzy feta. And yeah. just a word, if anybody listening is new to kefir, um, that's important. And I will say embrace the tang. Because here's why, if you're buying supermarket kefir that has sweeteners or flavorings or sugar in it, you are doing more harm than good. If you're looking for therapeutic kefir, you're looking for something that is pure, unflavored. And that means it tastes of butyric acid, which is the same flavor in Parmesan cheese. So that's what you're after, that tangy, sharp taste. However, <laughs> it's, sometimes we need to soften that taste a little bit to get it down the, the necks of our loved ones. Um, so uh, who's got a recipe? Does somebody have a, a cool recipe? I do have a recipe. I've got a healthy breakfast recipe. But on the note of kefir, um, like I said at the start, Isabella has been having kefir since she was a baby. So luckily, she's been doing quite well with just drinking it straight. That's ideally how everyone would be drinking it. Totally get that it's not to everybody's taste and not everybody started drinking it when they were six months old, me included. Um, so I kind of came up with this last summer um, just because I thought it would be fun for Isabella to try the kefir in a different way. And what I have done is blended the kefir with a mango, which is really sweet, pop it in the freezer and they're like little ice lollies then. And it's fun for them to eat, really good if they're teething. Because you could even put a block of that in, you know, those little teethers mm -hmm. and they could gnaw on it. Nice. So it'd be good for teething as well. And you're getting some of the good bugs in. And then kind of um, separate to the kefir, breakfast wise, um, I was always trying to think of healthy breakfast for all of us. Because I really don't have time to be making a separate breakfast for myself, for Isabella, for Josh. That's just the pain. I like whoever does have time for that, like cool, crack on. But if you don't, um, what I have found really good is porridge. It does sound boring, I know, but it's so filling. We all like it, great. Um, and you can flavor it. You can add different things to it and make it a bit more exciting. So I have made a carrot cake porridge recipe. Ooh. Who doesn't like carrot cake? Lovely. Um, 
So it's refined sugar free and it's free of cow dairy, which is a big thing. Cow dairy is a massive allergen. So we try to avoid it as much as possible. I will put the full recipe in the comment section. Um, but basically what you need is about 450 ml of goat's milk, or you can use oat's milk, um, unsweetened almond milk, whichever is your preference. You need some oats. It needs to be like the rolled oats. Don't get ready breck powdered porridge. No, that's not good. Um, some grated carrot, a little bit of cinnamon, some sultanas or raisins, and a small ripe banana. Now the banana is for the sweetening. And pretty much you just prop it all in a pan, simmer it nicely until it thickens to your liking. I usually add the mashed banana afterwards so it doesn't go all brown. And then you can top it with more raisins, a little dusting of cinnamon as well to make it fancy. And then for Josh and I, I do add some chopped walnuts on top. Obviously not okay for young babies, but for the grown-ups, something a little extra special. So that's what we do in the mornings. And like I said, you can mix it up. You can do different flavours, but that's kind of a nice Sunday morning porridge. Nice. That sounds lush. I haven't actually tried that. I'm going to try that. Um, and just a note for people who are looking to improve gut health, our kind of overall gut health diet is as sugar-free as you can get it. Sugar is one of the big, big no-nos for gut health. It kills off the good bugs, like pouring bleach into the river kills the fish. So we're always looking for ways to get rid of the sugar. Um, high fiber, because your gut bugs love fiber. Good fats are good. Okay, so we like dairy and we like butter and things like that. We don't like cow dairy. So anything that's an A2 dairy, so cow, sheep, goat, camel, buffalo, or plant milk, oat, uh, rice, and so on, as Ellie said. And then you're just, you're looking um, for grains that are gluten-free and low GI. Basically, this way of eating is as close to po as possible to eating as if you were diabetic. So the way that we look at that is on the GI scale, you're trying to be 55 or lower. And if you're wondering if you can eat it, you can check it on your phone, type in what is the GI rating of oatmeal. It's going to be low. And so that means it burns slowly inside your system. Mm -hmm. So that's just a little kind of sum up. So um, Ellie's carrot cake oatmeal, that's a perfect gut healthy breakfast. Awesome. 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 Um, Kara, how about you? What, what are the things that you do that kind of, we're talking gut health and happiness and we're talking improving your gut health and keeping your family going. What are, what are the things that you do that work? What have you done? What's a win that you've done lately? Well, obviously because of lockdown and things, I've had um, the three kids with me on a daily basis. So I look after Isabella as well when I was at work. So obviously it can be a bit manic at times. So when I am trying to cook up a nice breakfast or lunch or something like that, what I tend to do is just on the floor, set up some pots and pans. Um, I've got one of those, you know, those big plastic storage boxes. And I literally just fill it with oats um, and let them like kind of pretend to cook and things like that, you know, some spoons and some tongs and little pots. And I even sometimes put little cakes tasters and things like that and they they'll sit there for 20 minutes quietly you know two one-year-olds and a nearly five-year-old happily play there for 20 minutes whilst I can crack on with some um, food prep or just tidying up and things like that as well so well, yeah just really sitting and enjoying a quiet cup of tea yeah or 20 minutes 20 quiet minutes that's like that's the goal right there and they love, love it. it they absolutely love it that's fantastic well oatmeal 
is a big part of the gut health protocol. Love oatmeal. And as a, um, a person interested in medical herbalism, oatmeal is you treat people with oatmeal. It's colloidal, it's anti-inflammatory, it is gluten-free in case anyone thinks it has gluten, it doesn't. Um, and it's fantastic for skin. We put it in our uh, sensitive bars because it's great for eczema. It calms itchy skin and fantastic thing to give the kids to play with because it's safe. And what are they going to do? Eat it? Good. Yeah. <laughs> or oatmeal. The and they do. They do. Love it. Um, okay. Also, we are drinking gut healthy beverages. Are we not, ladies? Yes, indeed. So, I have two. Do you? Uh-huh. Crack on then. What are you doing? How are you drinking two beverages? Go on, Cher. Okay. What are you drinking? I've got my kefir because I um I didn't have time to take it before breakfast this morning because I have the three kids today. So I've got my kefir. Um and I also have warm water and lemon. Am I the only one? No, I, I, I drink that every morning. That's the first thing I drink. I love I have lemon and ginger, just lemon and ginger tea. I haven't Ooh. tried just warm water and just warm water and lemon. Just keep it simple. Yeah. And it's supposed to be really good for you. It yeah. is, and it's um get your metabolism started in the morning. Yeah, there we go. Love it. I am having mushroom coffee. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So here's the thing: coffee, because I don't take sugar in my coffee, so coffee is bitter anyway. So I got these packets, and look, I'll show you. Um, this is four sigmatic. It's a mushroom coffee mix. You put that baby in the cup and it's powder and it's got um, lion's mane and chaga mushroom. And then it just makes the coffee bitter, but the coffee's bitter anyway. So mushroom coffee is a thing. I know, right? So obviously it's got the prebiotic, which is good for gut health. Coffee is not a problem for gut health. Um, Again, it's the sugar that you put into the coffee that could be a problem. But yeah, um, your gut bugs are fine with coffee. Also raw cacao. So chocolate, proper chocolate. Not the sugary, milky chocolate, um, the really dark, bitter stuff. Bitter, bitter flavors. I think we need to start embracing the bitter and the sour because um, we're everybody's too used to having everything sweet, right? Yeah. yeah I loved dark chocolate, particularly during pregnancy. I loved it. Mm. Yeah. Well, we do say, um, because we're into 80-20 and we'll talk more about this. So we'll talk about, you know, treats and appropriate treats and what you can have for treats, what you can give your kids for treats and so on um, in another podcast. But we follow 80-20, don't we? Oh, gosh, yeah. So what, what does 80-20 mean to you? Just briefly. It's okay, to have a tr- it's okay to have a treat every now and then. Like, don't, don't work yourself up about it. Do you know what I mean? It's not too for it. Life is too short. Yeah, life is too short. Exactly. And also, Els, you made a good point about um, kefir. So people get really hung up about, when do I take my kefir? Oh, I didn't take it. Now I can't take it. Um, We'll talk again about that in the next podcast when we're going to talk about kefir, how do you take it, when do you take it, and so on. But I just want to put that in people's heads. Just take it. Mm. Really, yeah, truly. Yeah. Like, don't get so it when you Yeah. If you miss it, okay, ideally first thing in the morning. But if it's not first thing in the morning, that's okay. Just take it whenever you get around to it. Taking it is better than not taking it. And I think I, we could probably all agree, like, it's important to be a little bit more relaxed about these things. You know, this is like, we're in this for the long haul. These are long-term behavioral and dietary changes. If you're rigid about it, you are going to fall off that pony. It's, you're never going to make it to the end. So we just want everybody to like relax a little bit and it's all good. As long as you're headed in the right direction, baby steps will get you there. Definitely. Yeah. All right. Great. So next time we'll talk about kefir, um, how to take kefir, 
background about kefir and hints and tips and recipes and so on. And so from now until then, we wish you gut health and happiness from the Chuckling Goat Girls. Take care. See you guys soon. Bye. Bye.